Hey, this is Sean Glaze with Great Results Team Building. And if you really want to learn how to level up your life and lead your team, you should be listening to the Time to Shine Today podcast with my friend, Scott Ferguson. Time to Shine Today Varsity Squad. It is Scott Ferguson, and I had an opportunity to sit down with the culture impactor is what I would like to call him. He's my good friend, Sean Glaze. He resides up there in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. It's fun. If you listen to our interview, you're going to hear the birds chirping in the background. I think he was outside. I was almost going to have my uh, producer, editor kind of take it out, but I was like, you know what? They had some authenticity to it. So enjoy uh, what he's going to drop on you with knowledge nuggets regarding success and culture and the commitment to a good culture and being open-minded and set that ego aside is key. The knowledge nuggets are huge. So sit back, relax, break out your notebook, because here comes my friend, Sean Glaze. Hey, hey, time to shine. Today, podcast, Varsity Squad, it's Scott Ferguson. And I am super stoked to have a good friend of mine from Atlanta, Georgia. And we're all in this kind of quarantine time. I think it's like day 592 of our quarantine. But I am super privileged to have on my friend, Sean Glaze. And he comes from really a group coaching and leveling up background. So you want every individual in your organization to be a great teammate and take ownership, to lead from where they are. Well, guess what, peeps? Sean inspires people to have fun laughing together so they can have more success working together. His three books, The Unexpected Leader, Rapid Teamwork, and The Ten Commandments of Winning Teammates are powerful parables for building and leading great teams. As a successful coach and educator for over 20 years, Sean gained valuable insights into how to develop winning teams and founded Great Results Team Building to share those lessons. While that is some serious, serious credentials, Sean, welcome to the show. Please come on and introduce yourself, but first, tell us your favorite color and why. Wow. Hit me with an unexpected one there, Scott. First, obviously, uh, glad to be on. Favorite color I would have to say is uh, blue. Uh, don't know what the psychology is behind that. Maybe somebody at some point will uh, clue me into what that actually says about me, but, but we'll stick with blue right now. Awesome. Well, it's a nice, beautiful sky. We got the ocean. I got the Atlantic I'm looking at here to my left. So that's my favorite color too, brother. That's my favorite color too. So let's take us back and let's, let's talk about Sean Glaze and how he has leveled up and in, in maybe the origins of where you started. Well, a lot like the uh, the quarantine we're certainly in and what we're going through, you know, sometimes life throws stuff at you that you don't expect and ends up being a very pleasant journey along the way. So uh started off, and again, 20 years as a high school literature teacher and basketball coach. And if I had uh, been told, goodness, 30 years ago that I was going to be speaking at conferences and working with groups and teams and in various industries, I would have probably laughed you out of the room. Uh, but it was as a coach that I realized uh, what a lot of your entrepreneurs and listeners probably have realized at one point or another, and that is that success uh, isn't based solely on strategy. Because I had spent so much of my early time as a coach focused upon X's and O's and skills uh, and, and, and did not have anywhere near the success that later I enjoyed once I learned to shift my focus to culture. Very good. So success isn't always based solely on strategy. So elaborate a little bit on that, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was probably, oh, goodness, almost a decade into coaching 
when I realized I had probably been a very bad coach for the first 10 years. <laughs> and that is at the end of a very difficult season, my very first year as head coach of a women's basketball team at the varsity level in high school, uh, that we come to the end of a season where we only won five games and the kids are sitting there in the locker room and kind of faces in their hands after the final loss in the playoffs. And as they get up, they walk out kind of one by one individually. And, and I had a moment where my assistant says, you know, if we're going to have a better team, we're going to have a whole lot better relationships. And that was honestly, Scott, something that I as a coach had neglected and something that I found over the last many years that a number of leaders neglect. They were so focused upon strategy and what we want done and how we want it done that we are completely blind to the unbelievable impact that culture has. And culture is those connections and the camaraderie and the commitment that those connections create among and across different departments in the organization, whether it's a group of three people, a group of 12 people, or a group of 1,200. Uh, turns out that X's and O's are certainly important and strategy is what you want done. Culture determines how well your people do it and how engaged they are in the midst of it. So it's a culture impact. That's, that, that is amazing. Hey, squad, did you hear that? that better relationships equal better teams? It's not always about the strategy. <laughs> if you don't have that cohesiveness, like we're always saying here at Time to Shine, to be able to work together as a team, you can throw kind of strategy out the door, right, Sean? Yeah, and, and that's something, again, I'm probably not sharing anything. This is, uh, you know, not – you know, awe-inspiring new information. John, everything that we say people. here is regurgitated from other people. <laughs> we lo I love it. I, I had to write that down immediately that you said that because that's inspiring. The way you said it, you put it in a way that, you know, of course, maybe Jim Rohn or someone, someone you might have passed it down mm -hmm. and you picked it up. But still, you, you put it in a way that is it, – it, it made me write it down right away. So I don't do that too much. That's, yeah. that's amazing. I hope all the listeners out there wrote that down. The better relationships equal better teams. They have a culture impact also, and success isn't always based on strategy. So, Sean, what was your aha moment that got you wanting to say, I'm going to want to get in front of, you know, 10 people or 100 people or 1,000 people and help their companies level up? Well, one of the things I'm sure you found with your podcast is, is when you find ideas that lead to success. One of the things that hopefully good people do is they find a way to share that success with others to hopefully make their path a little bit less dangerous. Uh, and, and so when I experienced some success after spending an entire off season and a whole lot of the rest of my coaching career searching for ideas to build cohesiveness and camaraderie and, and chemistry and what does it mean to actually build a culture in a locker room, I realized that when we started with our teams having far more success because of our emphasis on culture, and relationships over just rebounds, uh, that maybe that was something that could help other teams. So I started reaching out to other athletic programs and had some success sharing with them. And then I started reaching out my background being in teaching and doing a lot of pre-planning events with school faculties. And I recognized that the same lessons that helped my team in the locker room could help teachers in their classrooms, could help salespeople uh, or, or people in various industries, whether it's medical or construction or banking, uh, and it's been a really amazing path for me to see how the experiential lessons and takeaways and the insights uh, and the activities that I share in the midst of whether it's a conference keynote or a customized team building event have really helped leaders and teammates in, in so many industries really benefit from the success that a focus on culture brings. That, that's beautiful. So what makes a great coach in your opinion? I think a great coach, hopefully, 
because there are a lot of different X's and O's in the world. Sure. And there are a lot of different ways you can go about strategy. What I found is culture uh, is going to be, or, or commitment to a culture is going to be determined by a connection to two things. First, you got to connect your people to a compelling common goal. Have they clarified why they're there? What are they there to accomplish together? Not just the individual goals that are going to bring you to the job to make sure you're taking care of your family and your individual things. But how do I even more importantly get you to connect your efforts to something that's larger and more significant than just yourself? And the second connection that I think that, again, is oftentimes so overlooked is the connection to the people that you're looking to accomplish it with. What are those relationships? What are the personalities and the strengths and the individuals around you? Uh, and, and how do those connections, not just in terms of a goal, but in terms of relationships, end up defining what we're doing together as a team? That, that's beautiful. So I love those, the, the compelling, basically in the why and the compelling, or the com connection to the people. But so it sounds to me like you're kind of, you're probably asking some pretty powerful questions during that first kind of get to know each other with whoever you're going to be speaking in front of and coaching. And during that time, are you kind of looking for their blind spot of what they need help with? Or are you letting that come to you with, after the questions you're asked? Yeah, you know, I, I think with any good coach or, or as I'm talking to prospective clients about the possibility of a keynote or uh, an event uh, for their people, one of the things I'll mention is, you know, culture, which is a, a pretty common term that's thrown around these days. You know, culture is something a lot of people are interested in, but not everybody understands. And I right. think culture is a lot simpler than most people try and make it. You can probably find 10,000 definitions for culture if you were to Google it. Culture, in my opinion, is something very simple. Culture is just the behaviors that are allowed and repeated in your organization, whether it's in a locker room, whether it's in a boardroom, whether it's in a sales room, whether it's in a classroom, your culture, whether it's professionally or even personally at home, your culture or the behaviors that are allowed and repeated. And what I've found is, Scott, and what your, your listeners have probably found is that culture, if that's behaviors, your behaviors are always a result of the beliefs that you walk into a team with. Your beliefs are always a result of your awareness. And your awareness is always going to be determined by the experiences that you've had. So whether you're you know, Catholic or Protestant, whether you're Democrat or Republican, those beliefs are going to lead to certain behaviors. Wow. But those beliefs are based upon the experiences and the awareness that those experiences gave. So one of the most powerful things about my keynotes or my customized programs in terms of doing some of the team building that I started with is how can I give you a relevant and engaging experience? that's going to improve your awareness. And if that changes your beliefs and your understanding of your circumstances and how what you do impacts others, that's going to ultimately change behaviors. And that's how people get better cultures. Wow. That is amazing. So you really dig deep. You really kind of become empathetic and kind of look, see out of their eyes to see where they're at and then kind of move them in an area to way of cohesiveness and building together and okay, yeah. Am I right? Or am I can absolutely I get in that right? Yeah. Okay. And, and those those initial questions that you would ask the event planner or, or the the leader that's planning an event, uh, those initial questions are, are basically to find out what part of your culture, what part of your organization has been neglected, because most of the time it's not X's and O's. Right. Neglect kind of being that first step on the path to failure. If I can hopefully make you a little bit more aware of what's being neglected and what needs your attention, whether it's goals or relationships or setting more clear expectations or providing better accountability 
we're doing a better job of recognition or communication. You know, um, all of those things ultimately come together to create what is the rapid teamwork in one of my books. Oh, wow. Okay. And so if I'm at a networking event, which I do a lot of, well, not so much anymore, but when I'm out and I'm pressing some flesh and meeting some people, what are the key words? How do I know if someone that I'm talking to would be, uh, or anybody that's listening, if they're talking to somebody would be a great referral for great results team building? Are you leading a team or are you part of the team? Yeah, I, I think that you know, ultimately, and, and, and what you find is every team has issues. And, and if I can help and be a resource as a coach and just kind of share some uh, good questions to lead you down a path to make some better decisions. And, and ultimately, and you know this as well, it's not the ideas that change culture. It's not ideas or insights that are going to improve your team. It's what you do with them as a leader. Sure. The key is for your people to be better teammates or for you to be a better leader, to have that better team. What are you doing with those insights and how can you turn them into relevant and actionable behaviors a week or a month or a year after the event. And those wow. are the things that I think make it most impactful. That's amazing. Yeah. So you're, you're taking their model that they're already using and seeing where you can like start putting processes in place for things to be allowed or repeated to equal a better culture in a sense. Correct. Yeah. And I think that, uh, as, as a leader, if I can lead you to a better understanding and awareness of what parts of your organization need that attention, then those are things we can address. And those are sometimes things that you can actually take action on uh, to make sure you're doing a better job of clarifying expectations or uh, building opportunities for intentional relationships or, you know, inspiring a little bit more empathy to build accountability. They're all obviously parts of that puzzle. Love that. Love it. So let's get in our DeLorean, like back to future style. <laughs> and let's, uh, let's go back. Let's talk to the 22-year-old Sean Glaze. What kind of knowledge nuggets are you dropping on that, Sean, with the experience and the awareness and everything that you've been talking about <laughs> now? What are you dropping on him? Oh, my goodness. I, I would probably be too hard-headed and egotistical to listen to my older self at that point. Sure, we all would. That's one of the things I think that I find with a lot of leaders is, is you go into a leadership position full of what you think is confidence <laughs> and, uh, and turns out when you look back that it was probably a little bit more arrogance. And this confidence is thinking you can help. Arrogance is thinking you don't need help. And, sure. and so I think the number one thing I would tell myself as a younger coach or leader is to be a whole lot more coachable and to look for opportunities to be more honest, to see myself in the mirror a little bit more clearly. Uh, to find people who could be mentors and make me a little bit more aware of those things that I'm neglecting as a leader so I can help the people around me develop a little bit more quickly and find success themselves. That's amazing. Now, you know, it's funny. I just finished a chapter in my book that I, I borrowed um, the, t the title of it from a friend of mine, Leah Woodford, amazing woman. Uh, she has a company called Smart Femme. It's like kind of like a women's driven thing, but we, she came on for an interview and, and the, it, the part of the book is get your ask in gear. And like the younger person, I would be like, ask as many questions. And you just right. kind of said that be bold and ask and lay, set down that cockiness, if you will. I'm, I was the same way. You know, you couldn't tell me anything when I was 22, but with what you have and how you're building teams and your success, I had to ask you that question, you know, so, which is amazing. So 
with you working with these companies, what is there any good question? I've been wondering how to ask this to you. Is there any good question that you wish people would ask you but never do? Oh, uh, people would ask me but never do. Because um, you're always trying to pull information out of them so you can set up their lack of a better term, their plan of attack, mm -hmm. their strategy to be right. able to build that culture. Is there anything you wish they would come and ask you? It's a tough question. I ask myself that every time I talk to somebody. I mean, I wish they would have asked me this, but, you know. Yeah, uh, well, I think big picture wise, you know, the question is, you know, how can I be a better leader? Um, because ultimately that's going to lead to other questions. That's what good questions do is they lead you down that rabbit hole of some deeper questions. And, and if you stay curious and you stay uh, engaged with helping somebody to, to address their specific issues, you find a whole lot more success in that one size fits all. And so I think, uh, you know, if, if there's one question I would like for me to continue to ask myself as a leader, and I'd like leaders to ask themselves, is what part of my leadership led to this result. And if we want great results, we want to have a little bit of a greater focus upon what am I doing as a leader to influence my team into those behaviors. Love it. But, uh, but as far as what others, you know, would hopefully ask me, you know, honestly, it's, uh, you know, what could I do to be a better leader and then to allow me to maybe ask them about their circumstances so we can provide a customized path and plan for them to actually influence their team the way that that specific group of individuals needs to improve. Love it. So how do you get around that? Okay, so you might have a CEO that said, man, I'm bringing in Sean Glaze from Great Results Team Building. He's going to come and talk to us. And then he's, the CEO's on top. So you have people that are under him. How, they're, they're the ones that are probably feeling like they're on the hot seat because they're bringing you in to turn them around. It, it, that's just the reality of it, man. I've been brought into mm -hmm. companies as well, okay? I, I'm curious to know how you handle that individual. Well, I think the first thing is is when you mentioned top down, I think that's something you're continually seeing a shift in, in both basically every marketplace is the idea of top down leadership. Certainly you have to have roles and, and you have to have responsibilities, but but I think my job as the leader is what can I do to serve and to make the jobs of those others in the organization better? How can I be a better teammate from where I'm at? And, and so I think the number one thing that a leader can do is to have one-on-ones. And as a basketball coach, you know, that kind of be in my background, uh, I thought one-on-ones was a competitive situation where you put kids, you know, in front of the goal and let them play. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and you learn as a coach. And what I did later in my career, which made our culture that much more strong, is at the beginning and in the middle and at the end of our seasons, I would have one-on-ones with our athletes. And I think that those one-on-one right. -on -one meetings not only help to build those relationships we talk about, but they do help leaders to clarify you know, what can I do to serve you and your individual goals and how can we connect you and those goals you have with what our organizational goals are. So again, you have those two major connections that really do drive everything else in terms of teamwork. Love it. So let's take our, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm sorry. I was writing there. I can't write down what you just <laughs> said. So let's take your cell phone out of the equation and your laptop and your iPad. What are three things Sean cannot live without? Oh, well, I was a literature teacher, Scott. So uh, I've got a, a library full of books. Nice. And, uh, so I, I think, uh, you know, a handful of good books uh, is certainly one that, that I would struggle in, in 
during quarantine. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly we're connected and we're keeping up with social media and right. reaching out and checking in on family and friends. But uh, you know, to have a, a book to get through every couple of days is certainly something that, that I've appreciated. Um, definitely a, uh, a, a partner. And so my wife is somebody that has been tremendous. She's actually a nurse. So, so grateful for her oh, for a her. number of different reasons, but, sure. but personally, obviously she's and her encouragement. This is something you find with every teammate. Hopefully your spouse is a great teammate. Right. I think, Absolutely. Uh, the entrepreneurs and their people, you know, how can I be a better encourager or supporter of those things that are important to the people around me? Uh, so I think books, I think, uh, somebody to uh to love and care for and encourage and, and and hopefully inspire you to be a little bit more than otherwise you would have love it um and, and then maybe a, a mountain to climb uh you know going for hikes has been nice but i think that as leaders our job is to look for mountains for our team to climb and to give them the tools and the inspiration to do it well love it all right man so you, you seem, seem very grounded with the books, wife, in the nature and whatnot. So, and you, you're passionate about building teams and cohesiveness and culture. So what is your definition of a life well-lived? Wow. A life well-lived. Um, hopefully to have defined a purpose and to uh, seek and hopefully eventually achieve most of what that purpose was uh, defined as you know the purpose of our life is to give us something to uh to strive toward to find that mountain that we want to climb and if we find success hopefully climbing another mountain uh but a life well lived is not just that individual success and achievement but hopefully the opportunity to develop and inspire others to do the same along the way love it that's a perfect 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 it's almost scripted that you 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 say it like (laughs) it's scripted but i can tell you live it which is amazing so we're going to move into our level up lightning round you and I can talk 15, 20 minutes on each one of these questions, but, you know, Chet will kill me in my producer. Here. So, but like five, five, five seconds on each one of these. You got there's it. only five or six questions. You ready? Ready. All right. What's the best leveling up advice you've ever received? Listen to smart people. <laughs> Share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. <laughs> I would say reading. So other than your own website, greatresultsteambuilding.net, and, of course, timetoshinetoday.com, I right. shameless plug, what's another website you like to go to to inform yourself or level up? Wow, a website to go to. Uh, you know what? I, that would be difficult to define just one, honestly. I, I, I find myself constantly you know, surfing through, like probably most of your people, you've got that kind of daily group of uh, emails or websites that you're looking mm-hmm. for news and for updates and for inspiration. Um, see somebody that I think does a fabulous job in the leadership space um, is, um, if you go to leadershipfreak.com, I think he's tremendous. Good. Uh, I think obviously, you know, just in terms of some of the speakers, I've had the, the opportunity to, to be around, mm-hmm. you know, people like uh, a Gene Greisman or a Walter Waldman or a Dan Thurman. You know, there are a number of people in, in NSA, National Speakers Association, mm-hmm. that have been really huge influences on me as I've grown. Uh, and so to have the opportunity to do that for others would be fantastic. And I think that Chet's upset with me at this point. <laughs> okay, you're a reader. I don't want the flavor of the week. I don't want what you're reading now. What's your book that comes at the top of your mind that has really impacted your life? 
I remember putting together a list of 16 books for each of my kids to read when they were 16. And on every single one of those lists was how to win friends and influence. <laughs> Dale. That's awesome. Beautiful. So what's your favorite charity or organization you like to give your time and or money to? Oh, great question. Um, my sister-in-law uh, passed away from melanoma uh, a number of years Sorry. ago. And so we actually did uh, a race in Augusta, Georgia for five years following her death to support the uh, melanoma foundation. So miles from melanoma. Sorry to hear that, but that's great. That you're doing it. So last question, what is your favorite decade of music? 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s? Oh, 80s and 90s for sure. Probably 80s just because that was me uh, kind of coming through high school and starting college. Me too. <laughs> I love it. Love it. So, Sean, as we wind down, let's leave the Time to Shine Today squad and listeners one knowledge nugget that you want them to take with them. If you want a better team, you've got to be a better leader. And there are specific and actionable steps that can be repeated in any industry to build a better team. Love it. I love that. Folks, um, I'm going to put all of his links, so all of his social and his website in the show notes. But, Sean, how can, I, how can everybody find you? What's the best oh, way for them so to much, find Scott. you? Well, again, you'll, you'll always hear in the social media, I'm at Lead Your Team on Twitter, pretty active there. Uh, you can find me online at greatresultsteambuilding.com. And uh, one of the things that I would love to be able to give your listeners uh, as a takeaway, obviously, if they wanted a copy of one of the books, the print versions are available on Amazon and via my website. Uh, but for those that are listening to who want to be a winning teammate, I'd love to be able to give them a free download if you'd like. Of which, which book? I think you have three of them, right? Right. So for the Ten Commandments of Winning Teammates, if they were just to take their phone and they were to text the word teamwork to the number 33777, just the word teamwork to 33777. They'll actually receive a text back and information they can follow there to download the complete audio version of that book. And if I can be a resource for them as leaders moving forward, I'd be thrilled. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, that's amazing. Wow, squad, we just had some serious, serious knowledge nuggets dropped on us by my friend Sean here. Um, you know, it's I, I, my takeaways, a lot of them were success isn't always based on solely on strategy. Uh, better relationships equal better teams. You have to have a culture impact. Culture equals basically something that's being allowed or repeated in your organization. And you, you want to bring somebody in to level up that organization. Sean is your guy. Sean seems humble, which I think he is very much. Unless you get him competitive, I think then he, he'll step up his game there. Uh, I think we know that Sean works hard. He levels up his health. He levels up his wealth because he's always shining. And Sean, thank you so much for coming on. You're amazing. You're part of our squad now. You can't go anywhere, brother. It's been a privilege. Thanks so much, Scott. You bet. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Time to Shine Today podcast. Probably brought to you by Sutter and Nugent Real Estate, real estate excellence, who can be reached at 561-249-7266 and online at www.sutterandnugent.com. If you're a business owner or professional who would like to be interviewed on Time to Shine Today, please visit timetoshinetoday.com slash guest. If you like this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to our website. Also there, you will see our recommended resources. We hope that you will support our show by supporting them. 
if you like what you've been listening to, it'd be great if you could just give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe while you're at it. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson, and until next time, let's level up. It's our time to shine.